0: Hello, and welcome to Turtleneck Table Talk, the podcast that seeks insightful conversation while promoting our community. I'm your host, Devin, and this is a co-host, Austin Rimple, And we are ecstatic for today's episode because we have an incredible guest that needs no introduction, but he's going to get an amazing he's gonna one. He's going to get one right here. Yes. i got it
1: even written out on my cell oh, phone boy. because I'm ecstatic to introduce possibly the most inspirational up-and-coming entrepreneur the Midwest has seen, Monopolizing the WSU NIL <laughs> market. Those are my own words. Um, but he has hosted three different podcasts Monroe County Entrepreneur of the Year and graduated college. ultra marathon runner. Please welcome (laughs)
2: Jacob (laughs) O'Connor. Thank you for coming on, man. How are you doing? I'm good, man. That's quite the intro. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we got to get quite the intro for. Did a little bit of research pulling back to the high school
1: days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I was on that LinkedIn. uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Researched it, you know, and uh, I think that's honestly one of the best ways of research I've found so far for people who are dedicated to updating their profession on <laughs> Facebook, you know? Yeah, hey, so. deals get done in LinkedIn, man. Deals get done in LinkedIn, dude. Yeah, I only got two deals done, which were both like uh, pyramid schemes that I got fell in track There's a, a lot of those, those too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so, but they do get done. They yeah. do get done, whether they're pyramid schemes or not. It's but just yeah. a
2: numbers game, man. It's a numbers game.
1: <laughs> if you get three more people after you, You're you right, can, right. But yeah, no, we're excited to uh, kind of promote you today, um, learn about you, learn about what got you into entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship and uh, what you've been doing, or what you're doing today. So, if you want to introduce yourself a little bit, I think that that'd be a great way to start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where would
2: you like me to start? There's so many different components. I, I, we wrote we that down know, too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, if you want to maybe. Uh, kind of get into what got you started into entrepreneurship. If there's any story that comes to mind. Oh yeah, I got a story for sure. All right. So
2: let's see, growing up, I always played basketball, right? Yeah, That was my go-to thing. I feel like I learned how to, I guess, like hustle in the gym. Okay, That's always, basketball is my thing. I'd go to, into the weight room before school and then after school. I did competitive basketball, traveled doing that. And, uh, when I was 16 in high school, um, my school offered this unique program called the Monroe County startup program, which you kind of mentioned, but what that was is it was, it was an opportunity. Really. It took students out of school for the first two hours of every day and put them in the community in Columbia, Illinois, where I went to high school and we got to meet with local business owners and other entrepreneurs. We got to tour their businesses, understand how their deals were done. And uh, at the end of that program, they challenge you to start your own business. And so I ended up coming up with this idea for a, air-based technology seat cushion for truck drivers to help alleviate back pain and promote proper posture. One of the issues with truck drivers is that whenever they're long haul and they're, they're in the truck for so many hours every week, is they start to develop different types of cancer associated with the, the way that they're sitting. And a lot of people don't think about it, but whenever you're sitting in the same place, unless you are moving back and forth, you have a lack of blood flow in the buttocks and thigh area. And so by using an air-based cushion with different cells, If you lean to one side, air will come up the other side and it will help level you out and help with the blood flow. And so that's what I ended up doing. And I won uh, entrepreneur of the year was, I guess, the the title for that in the small little community of Columbia, Illinois. Um, But more importantly, that landed me an internship with a global manufacturing company called Permobile. They actually make the patented air cell technology that I was using in my cushions. And they happen to be based like 20 minutes away from the hometown I grew up in. And so it was just like a great coincidence. And they ended up helping me out make some prototypes and asked me if I wanted to intern on their product development team. And so I was 16 interning on their product development team. Wow. It's like a 30 there's <laughs> like a 30 to 40 year age gap between me and everyone else <laughs> in the team. And so naturally what I did was whenever I had downtime, I started listening to podcasts. This was back in like twenty eighteen or so. So podcasts yeah. were still relatively new, or at least for myself in high school. I had just found out about them and not many people that I knew were listening to them, but I got really into them. And the idea just kind of came to me that you can sit down and talk to basically whoever you want and share that conversation out on the internet. And it just gives you access to a whole new group of people because I had, I think I got on LinkedIn, ironically enough, that same year when I was 16. <laughs> yeah. But I was messaging people. I was like, Hey, do you want to hop on a phone call? I'd love to learn what you're doing. I was just searching like angel investor, venture venture capitalist, entrepreneur, trying okay. to find people to network with, and they would all say, you know, I don't have bandwidth. Which I would look up and what is bandwidth actually? <laughs> I'd figure out what they were saying, but no one had time to meet with me. But I realized that if it was a podcast, then people yes. a they love to talk about themselves. <laughs> yes, for sure. B it <laughs> helps promote whatever their mission is. If they have some sort of consumer facing product, then hopping on a podcast helps promote it. And so I realized this mutually beneficial relationship. If I hosted a podcast. I could ask my questions and start to learn and build my network, but it also was valuable to the guest. Yeah. So I started podcasting uh, my senior year of high school and started the Venture Mentality podcast where I ended up interviewing 150 plus people, the co-founder of Netflix, pro athletes, Olympic athletes, country music artists, entrepreneurs, just a whole bunch of great people. And long story short, that got me a full ride to Wichita State.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's threw out quite some terms there too and uh yeah but that that's so cool to hear about how um your podcasting journey has kind of led you to that and kind of a segue into what you learned in entrepreneurship so I don't know if we want to get right into the uh, the podcast section of it right away but um I think it was super cool to learn about you through that myself and then um also hear the advice that you were getting and stuff like that so what were some of the like really, really influential you mentioned the co-founder of Netflix. What were the influential um, podcasts that made you kind of realize, oh, I'm
2: doing I'm doing something really awesome here? Uh, I think every one of them was mm-hmm. like, whoa, I can't believe I'm gonna to talk to these people. Like it was incredible. I do have some good takeaways, but I I will say just off the top of my head, two of the more influential ones, like you mentioned the co-founder of Netflix. That one was just surreal. Or I guess three of them, co-founder of Netflix. Uh, the second one was Scott Budnick, who was the executive producer of uh, the Hangover movies. <laughs> Those movies nice. are, are so funny, yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like this guy is the producer of them. He like literally wrote the script and came up with the wow. movies. And so getting to hear his creative process and how all that came together, was incredible. Third one was Andy Frasella, who's a local entrepreneur from St. Louis who founded mm-hmm. Supplement S- Superstores and First Form. yes. yeah. Oh, wow. And so he is just huge. And so whenever Uh, they got into their new headquarters, which is uh, still in St. Louis, but they relocated to this massive facility, basically a compound. Yeah. 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 It's got their own built-in gym, just state of the art facility. And as soon as they opened, I was leaving. I'd been trying to land this interview for about a year. And as soon as they opened uh, it was about a week before I had to leave for college, go to WSU. And so I was like, man, I got to get in there. I got to get in there and ended up getting to get in there to do, I think their first interview in that new headquarters, two days before I left for college. Dude, and so getting, awesome. getting to meet Andy, and they had like a, a Lamborghini in the front <laughs> office, and it's just like such a cool experience. Um, but yeah, I'd say those Jeez. were three of the bigger episodes where it was like, wow, this is just incredible. Yeah,
1: for sure. That's that's really cool to hear, and it's inspiring for us too as we've been getting uh, our own kind of network building, mm-hmm. and I think, yeah, that's just something super cool, and I can't wait to see as that grows into maybe season two. Oh, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I think... Um, <laughs> I don't know what question I was leading in with that, but... um, I guess kind
0: of continuing with that. um, So you started your podcast when you were young. Like, what was that process like with just, like, actually, like, starting it? Because a lot of people have things that they want to do, but to actually be, like, you know, that young and to be like, I'm going to go and start this podcast. Like, how did you, like get it, get it started from the ground up type of thing. Like yeah, what was that process was kind of like? That yeah. Oh, it was of terrible,
2: that. man. It was so bad. Like I was asking, uh, I was asking Justin, your producer about all the equipment before we started this episode, right. right? When I started, I knew nothing, man. My first episode was on zoom on my family's laptop with a pair of Apple headphones plugged in, like holding the mic right there and pretty <laughs> much yelling into it, not understanding why my sound was so muffled and loud and what the audio waves meant and what that little red bar was that kept shooting up when I was talking too loud. I didn't know what any of that meant. And so it was a really difficult process, but like most things, you can Google it. You can find YouTube videos, you can start to learn, but it took a lot of repetition. And so I I've debated going back and like deleting the first 50 episodes of the venture mentality podcast, because I still think that they're just so bad, but it's important to go back and be able to reflect on them. And I've definitely learned a lot since then, but it it was a long journey and I'm still learning a lot as I go.
0: Yeah. That's the, like the cool and exciting thing about being a creator is that you are just constantly learning things. And it's like, once you kind of think that you kind of have a good grasp on something, then something else happens and you like, it's just continuing to evolve and everything like that. And that's like, makes it super exciting.
2: Yeah, they call that the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's the idea that you start off on something, you're like, oh, it's not that hard. I could do it. It's that overconfidence. And then as you start to do more and more of it, you realize how small you are in such a large bubble and how many things you don't know relative to that topic. And that definitely was a real effect for me. Yeah, Dunning-Kruger effect? Uh, Dunning-Kruger. Dunning-Kruger effect.
1: That's pretty cool. Okay, yeah. You're throwing just so many terms at us, man. No, yeah, that's super cool. What was... Yeah, besides just learning and stuff like that, and switching podcasts from venture mentality to real conversations now, what would you say has
2: been like the biggest thing that uh, has progressed for you in that? I think having to grow your skills as an interviewer is something incredibly mm-hmm. difficult that takes like a lot of difficult reflection. Like you, I listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah, I love Joe Rogan. I think he does a great job of being able to talk to people and understand like put politics and all, all of the topics aside, but rather look at his pure skill set as an interviewer, I think he's incredible. And so that was something that was difficult off the bat because A, I was nervous. I was audio only for a while. I wouldn't even turn on the camera. So getting over that and then B, turning on the camera and understanding that's a whole new layer of, you know, you can learn how to talk and ask questions and say things, but being on camera and being comfortable and not getting that, some people you turn a camera on, they just get so anxious. And that is a real thing you have to learn to overcome. And so- Those were difficult things, but I think the biggest thing for me, again, is just learning how to be a good interviewer and ask the right questions and be comfortable holding a conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. That
1: helps with networking too as well. Mm. But, yeah, with the camera aspect, it definitely turns the anxiety up a notch. (laughs) I think um, something that probably has helped with their networking and moving into – Starting um, the players ca- player card that's mm-hmm. um, probably helped that a lot. What was the process of then getting that started after getting over the fear of starting a podcast and then starting that with John?
2: Yeah, thankfully, I was much more comfortable starting player card than I was starting the podcast mm-hmm. because with the Venture Mentality podcast, I also formed an LLC, a limited liability company. So that's a legal entity and I sold merchandise and I had to start learning how to do some of that business stuff. Uh, so when I started... The player card, that was more of it's a brand new industry. It's name, image, and likeness. So I started that Mm -hmm. in July of 2020, right when the NCAA overturned the previous regulation. So college athletes were now allowed to earn money off their name, image, and likeness, rather than money. The word they used was compensation, which is broadly defined. And so it was a whole lot of legalese and learning. What does this mean and interpreting that and keeping up with like, okay, they just kind of tweaked this rule and. You know, there's no state legislation here. So then it goes to the national governing body. And just like having to figure out all of the kind of legal situation with that was a bit more of the challenging side rather than the actual business component. Sure, yeah, that sounds very tricky to navigate. Yeah, but we have good people in our network who have legal experience and offered us good advice. That's the the cool thing about what you guys are doing. Anyone who starts a business or a podcast and and you're young is you find people that want to take a chance. They want to help you because in order for anyone to get anywhere they need some sort of help like if you think of it as a ladder and people that are higher up they want to put a hand down and kind of help you get up to that next rung Mm -hmm. at least that's been true in my career and i've seen that in a lot of other people's as well
1: yeah it is super nice especially like yeah once again just doing the podcast like you said doing that with um justin here at uh, shocker studios and just seeing all the help we can get is super amazing and you got a lot of help doing the player card um with restaurants and the athletes themselves what was the process of kind of merging those two together it was difficult because
2: so what it it, let me restart this when john and i started player card it was originally an app that we were going to use as a double-sided marketplace which if you don't know what that means think of like airbnb you have people that are providing Mm -hmm. the 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 housing that's the supply side and you have the demand side which is the customer the person who wants to stay at the airbnb and so we were trying to do the same thing Our demand side was, I guess, the restaurants in in this case. They wanted new ways to market, and name, image, and likeness was a new way to provide access to those athletes. So the supply side was the athletes. So you have to build up both sides at once, which is something that's difficult to balance. And so the way that we started was John and I had a couple, I guess really we had one friend on the track team. His name is Brady Pollen. Uh, We're still good friends with him to this day, but I met him freshman year in the dorms. And when... I decided I wanted to start working with college athletes. I called him up, and I said, hey, if I was able – this is literally the first call. I called him out of the blue. We hadn't talked yeah. in, like, a year. I go, hey, if I was able to get you a free meal, like, once a month at a restaurant in Wichita, <laughs> mm-hmm. would that be a value to you? Would you post on your social media about that? He was like, uh, yeah, I guess. Like, <laughs> why are you call me out of the blue asking you about restaurants, well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so that was kind of the premise behind it. And so what I did was I took that yes from him, and I went to Social Tap on campus. Yeah, I said, hey, I've got a college athlete who – you know, he's got a decent Instagram following. Nothing huge, but it's Wichita-based. That, that's local yeah. value. You know, If he came into your restaurant and posted on his social media, would you comp his meal? Would you get him like a free burger or something? And the guy was nice enough. His name was Luke Luttrell. He's a good mentor of mine. Uh, he said, yeah, have him come in here. Let's get a couple of athletes. If you want to, again, someone helping you up the ladder, taking a sure. chance on you. It's like, let's get a couple of athletes, and let's see what this looks like. I'm not afraid to lose a couple of dollars trying to help you out. And so we ended up grabbing a couple of athletes, a couple of Brady's friends, and doing that first little pilot run and it wasn't an overwhelming success, but it was cool and it was exciting and so that gave John and I the confidence to try and continue to do this with other restaurants in Wichita.
1: yeah, that's super cool yeah, yeah. it's a great way to start because uh, like that's kind of the I think of a story where um it's kind of a dumb joke but like the guy who's there's a guy who has his son where he's like. Hey Bill Gates, if you marry my daughter or whatever, my son's like the leader of the World Bank. And then uh Bill Gates is like, "Oh, if your son's the leader of the World Bank, then uh yeah, I'll 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 let him marry my daughter." And then the World Bank he goes to the World Bank leader or whatever and he says, "Hey, my son's married to married to like Bill Gates' daughter or whatever." And he's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. "Hey, uh my son's the leader of the World Bank or married to Bill Gates' daughter. Will you let him become the and it's Seems like that. I don't know why that triggered in my You're mind, and if you even understand that or not, because I explained that a
0: little. No, no, the, 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 the yeah, <laughs> it's there. <laughs> what, what's
1: the what's the process of that called? Like, kind of like promising one thing to a guy and then.
2: Saying this guy will give you this, and then. It's the equivalent of when you were a kid and, and, and you said that, hey, my friend's mom said it's okay if I come over if, if my mom says it's okay. So yeah, 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 yeah. You've got one person who's contingent upon <laughs> the other person, but neither of them know that it's like a double bluff type of situation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Double bluff. There you go. So, you a poker player or not? You go- uh, no, I played yeah. a little bit of blackjack with John just for like, we play with like tabs or something, yeah. not real money. Okay. Um, still need to learn how to play poker. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be good. I feel like that'd be a good,
1: uh, good networking tool maybe like for, yeah. for the business yeah. world. Like that, like golf. It'd be like it'd be, like it'd be, it'd like be the equivalent of like, golf. Like, yeah, I will never play golf.
2: I can't golf either. Okay, mini golf though. I mean, mini golf's fine, but I don't. You don't see many deals. Again, deals get done on LinkedIn, not on the golf course. <laughs> That's true. That's true, man. That's what I'm going to take
1: away from the day. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, because I was always wanting to start like a mini golf place. But maybe I have to do that through LinkedIn, not on the mini golf course. Yeah. Well, that one might anyway. be better to do in reality. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right about that. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know if we want to transition to what you've been doing now. And uh, you just got a job. You just graduated. Uh, do you want to
2: talk about that a little bit and uh, let the audience in on what, you're, what you've been doing? Yeah, sure. And if I... A lot of the words that are like, once you get into something, a lot of the words that you used are not as commonly known. So if I say anything, you're like, what does that mean? Hold up. I never want to be the guy who's just like using these words and sounds like, oh, I'm so whatever. No, no, no. Okay. Like, okay. So right now I am running an angel investment group. And right, so okay. the title of that is syndicate manager. And so uh, it's a non-for-profit in which talk called, which called Nextus, which is an entrepreneurial support organization. They do incredible work. They work with lo- local entrepreneurs and try and help them start their companies and accelerate their growth. And then once they're at a point where they need to raise money, that's whenever they come to my group. And my group is a group of high net worth individuals. We call them angel investors. Okay. And so rather than a typical venture capital fund which has all of the money collected at once, what we do is on a per deal basis, we bring an opportunity to the group. If the group likes the deal, we collect their money. We call that syndicating. We syndicate the deal and we invest it into the company. And so my job is to handle all of the investments and to source those, do the due diligence and just kind of handle the investment group. Okay. Okay. If you had a way to
1: compare that with Shark Tank, I feel like that might be it.
2: No, honestly, Shark Tank is a lot of, it gets a bad rap whenever you compare it to Shark Tank in the industry, but on a very basic level, I would compare it to Shark Tank. Okay. We have two or three groups that we put, we have two or three companies we put in front of the group every month. And they pretty much say, yeah, I'll invest in them or I won't. And mm-hmm. they can ask questions. It's a live pitch. Mm-hmm. It's rather similar to Shark Tank, except for we have the the back office financial stuff we have to do, too. So that's, yeah, that's the main difference I was kind of hearing from somehow
1: not really having the money yet, but still investing it into. Is that sort so, of
2: how it works? Yeah, it's um, rather than so what you, what venture capitalists do, which is what most people think of when they think of my job. Is they take high net worth individuals. Let's say someone's got an extra hundred thousand dollars laying around. Mm. You find 10 of those people, you put it together, that's a million bucks, right? So you have that a million dollars and it sits in a fund. Think of it like a bank account, It's just sitting okay. in a bank account. And so now your job running this venture capital group is to say, I'm going to invest that money into four different companies. So $250,000 into each company you don't need their approval. You just go off and do that on your own. Okay. So you have the money up front. That's venture capitalist. An angel group is saying, I'm going to find the opportunities. They're not going to give me their money up front. I'm going to bring them the opportunity. And based on the opportunity, they could put in zero dollars. They could put in a hundred thousand. They could put in 500,000. They get to have that choice. Okay. The yes or no.
1: Okay. Very cool. Okay. I, see. I think I see it. Now it is more similar to Shark Tank to me now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was trying to like make a comparison, but yeah, that worked. That's super cool. Yeah. What's been What's been probably? I don't know if you can tell stories of businesses that go through there, if that's allowed or not. I don't have a lot of stories business to go of through stories, because
2: I started about a month and a half ago. Oh, okay, that was So would, very, okay. <laughs> I'm
1: pretty new. No, okay. okay. Well, yeah. What's been the what's been the best part of it for you so far? I'm a networking guy.
2: Yeah. I love meeting our investors as well as the founders, the entrepreneurs. I think it takes a certain type of personality to say, "I'm going to start a business and I'm going to make this work." And I think it takes a lot of ambition. And so I yeah. love that. And it's also cool to meet with our investors and you know, I'm a young guy, I want to obviously do well in life and to ask them, hey, you know, what have you done that you think has separated yourself from other people? How are you in this position? What advice would you offer? That's where a lot of my podcasting background comes in is asking those questions. Mm-hmm. And so I think I see a lot of overlap there that I enjoy.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So kind of continuing off of that, what has been like some good, solid advice that you've gotten from? <laughs> I mean, it, it always kind of depends,
2: right? You'll have your people that tell you, you get into real estate. You'll have your people that tell yes. you, go work for a wealthy individual for free, and then you'll learn all your skills from him. And I think it's kind of a mix and match of everything. You can find a way to make as much money as you'd like. I think the biggest learning that I've had, and this is nothing new to me, and nothing new to you guys, but just start something like this podcast, like Mm -hmm. just start doing Mm -hmm. something. And as your job is to create more collision points in life with the right people to bring you the right deals, you can't, Often predict how it's the Steve Jobs school. You can't, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. you Can't connect them looking forward. And so your job is to bring the right people into your life, so that as time passes and you continue to do something, you collide with these people over and over again until an opportunity comes and intersects with those collision points. And so I think starting a business, starting a podcast, doing something that s- separates and differentiate yourselves, dip- differentiates yourself, mm-hmm. puts you in that collision course to meet awesome people and do great deals. Yeah, dude, that speaks mm-hmm. a lot on like preparation for yourself
1: as well. Mm-hmm. What are what are some ways you kind of do that before going into a meeting with either an investor or a podcaster? Some things you like to kinda put yourself through maybe creatively, maybe like motivationally.
2: Yeah. Uh I I often think, I I overthink is one argument oh, I would sure. make. Yeah. But I think I do it in a positive way to where before I go into a meeting or a podcast, I will often try and think about the entire podcast, which is like, why would you try and think through all of what you're gonna talk about and and every little, like, if I say this and I want them to say this and I wanna segue to this topic, it's like really thinking about each little word that you're saying and how you're positioning that to the next topic. Trying to script it almost, yeah. Not script what they say, but get to to the certain talking point that you think will do the best for the audience Mm. or to get them to answer a question. There's this great saying, at least for investing, that is, uh, ask for money, get advice, ask for advice, and get money. People want to have a vested interest. If you can, It's all about the way you position things. People have a vested interest if you get them involved in what it is that you're doing. They want to find a way to help you because, well, now they're involved in it. And so I try and think deeply about what do I need to say and what questions do I need to ask to make this episode a success? And then you need to define what is that success for this episode or for this podcast? What is the outcome that you desire? And how can you get there in a meaningful way? Um, and so I think that's good. More practically, what I used to do for the podcast is I would write out like a really long intro. I would do just hours <laughs> of like, what is everything this person did that they may they may think that I don't even... Like, how could I find that, you know? Try and find all the little information. Now it's just more of, I'll usually go online listen to a podcast they've been on. I've li- yeah. I'll read some articles they've been in. And now... Because I really want to challenge myself. I don't script any of my episodes. I don't do uh, an introduction besides my introduction that I do standard mm-hmm. every episode. I don't give them a long Great intro. Introduction, by the way, oh thank you, yeah, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, 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 and I don't, uh, I don't write down questions to ask them. Everything I do is just on the fly. Mm, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think, and that speaks to like learning again once
1: with the, <laughs> with the um, interviewing process, just being able to talk like Joe Rogan or whoever it is, mm-hmm. which is super cool. Yeah. One, what was the thing I was gonna ask from it? I don't know if it was about the intro or not, but I do. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it because I yeah, do go like it, the, the yeah. Teddy Roosevelt quote. Oh yeah, for um, sure. I'm gonna see if I can quote it here. It's not the, yeah. it's not the doer. Wait, no, no, I'm not gonna be able to quote it. <laughs> 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 can, I feel like you probably <laughs> can quote it by now if you can.
2: Yeah, let's see. Uh, I have to go through the entire intro in my head.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> not the. It's not. About
2: no, I can't think about it. You know what's funny though? Is I've done that like so many times you would think I have memorized. I, I would don't. think you have it memorized. Yeah. yeah. Dang. But it's all about the man in the arena. So <laughs>
1: That's what it comes down to. It's yeah. not about the person watching. It's about the person actually doing, actually starting things, actually going and talking to people, which is cool to see. And that's what, that's what kind of inspires me to bring you on here and bring other people on here who are really trying to promote what they're doing. I think that's that's really been the goal of this podcast, and I've for sure. really been glad to see it.
2: Um, produced how how many episodes have you, guys, have you guys done now? You are eighth, eighth episode. That's awesome. Yeah. Good work, guys. Yeah, That's no, appreciate good, it. Good. Thanks for the... What was kind of the motivation with starting it? Motivation? <laughs> so we, we're we rugby teammates. Okay, cool. We,
1: um, we're at...
0: Uh, no, we basically... <laughs> what happened... I have a YouTube channel. Okay. It's pretty popular. Uh 10,000 subscribers. Yeah. We just hit 10K. Congrats. Congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, basic bros reactions. But uh, (laughs) I had Austin come on one time because uh, I was needing guests and he came on and we had really good like chemistry and it was like, it just felt really good. And like, and from knowing him on the rugby team, Mm -hmm. just connected really well. So we went on a trip to Arkansas. for a, a way, like our last away game and whatnot. Yeah. And while we were there, we were pretending to like interview <laughs> our teammates <laughs> and funny. stuff. And they thought that it was a real, like they thought we were really like interviewing them oh, like, no, for was, a real podcast like, because it could, be. could we do this for and real? And then we were like, we should make this happen. So uh, I was joking with Austin that we should do it and whatnot. And so um, a few months down the line, um, after with just kind of randomly, because I don't forget stuff. And I'll be like, "Yeah, Austin, how's the podcast coming on along?" Type it. of thing. And so, randomly, I like I mentioned it to him, and he went and met with uh, Shocker Studios yep. and Justin, and um, got the ball rolling. And then we just kept it rolling, rolling, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's 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 getting ready to be released, but uh, we'll see what the time
2: frame is. Yeah. I guess at the point when people are watching this, they'll know. So yeah, no, that's <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. The yeah. most important thing is to keep that ball rolling. Like the amount of I almost had a podcast. Yeah. that right there are out there this was yeah. this was very close that, to being that doesn't that. matter you know right and don't right. let that ball stop rolling i after the venture mentality podcast i took time off and losing that momentum is incredibly difficult to get mm-hmm. back yeah and so like just keep going was it almost yeah. just like a restarting
1: process it was 100 percent like a that? restarting process ah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it, had to relearn
2: everything yeah equipment the interviewing tactics and all that i mean some of that came back for sure mm-hmm. but like momentum's a very real thing like if you ever get one good guest i guarantee you'll get a second good guest within another month it's just like keeping that ball rolling of asking questions and trying to reach out to people and it's just like it's so much harder to pick a ball from a from a dead stop and and get it rolling again for sure yeah Yeah. well
1: yeah we've we've had a few of those moments but um yeah it's definitely momentum is real man and that's it's cool to hear from you for sure but uh
2: What's the strategy with releasing a season at a time rather than like doing an episode like I release one every every week?
1: Yeah, well, I think the season was so we could have a clear vision with the the people we selected. So we chose three athletes, three business people and three artists. Oh, cool. So we could actually, you know, not just say, hey, we're doing this to go interview people, which is it's a fine thing to do, you know, um, building growth in your community. But we wanted to specifically target those areas. And uh, we each picked one and agreed on another. So
0: that was the kind of the season approach. Yeah, and then we also wanted to have a second to after we had filmed everything and kind of upload it because we'll have like our bonus content. And we wanted to kind of have a a little bit of time to be able to evaluate how we're doing, what direction we want to go is one segment picking up a lot more traction than another one Mm -hmm. and just kind of like uh just to have some time to evaluate ourselves too to have that time while the season is going so once these are like being like once this is being released we'll be probably filming for our next season and everything like that so we'll hopefully just continuously be going but but yeah yeah, keep it going type of thing but yeah yeah
2: what's the long-term goal with the podcast Long term, we still
1: need to like set out a clear vision, but there's there's some uh, there is some uh, possible future works that maybe could use some venture capitalism, like turtleneck merchandise. What <laughs> you know, we'll see, we'll see with that. But um, I think the future is like kind of just keep it rolling, see see how it can um, develop after season one because we're just starting, we're just kind of getting our feet wet, and then really establishing what we want to do from there. But um. Yeah, I like how you turned the podcast interview for you into. Yeah, <laughs> yes. so I was like, "Oh, that sneaky guy." No, I'm but, just uh, curious, man. No, no, it's and that's what I appreciate about like uh, listening to your podcast. It really shows through in how you can interview all those guests, mm-hmm. and really get their goals and how see how that like their passion aligns with that. And that's something I kind of wanted to transition into for you about like what your eventual goals are. I know you've done a lot of stuff. Uh, from athletics to business. Mm-hmm. So if you want to talk about um, all that and what's relevant, you think, to your growth in social media podcasting, whatever it is.
2: Yeah, I, it's weird whenever you mention, like, social media because, honestly, I, I don't like social media. Yeah. But I think it's relevant for podcast growth and awareness and building that community. And so I've had to spend a lot of time with content production lately, you know, making reels mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> worse yeah it's, it, ta- it takes <laughs> a minute man to, yeah. It's, yeah but i think i've realized uh maybe four things about myself one being is that i can never just do one thing at a time I, i've tried and i always have to have multiple things going on i just get naturally distracted and need to f- And you know if i get frustrated with one area i gotta go work at something else something else and then go back to that and so i think the way that kind of looks at my life is i'm always going to work out so that translates to the tagline of the podcast is do hard things live a meaningful life my doing hard things is typically through, I like to run ultramarathons, I like to lift weights, doing hard things. I like to do things with great people, so I find that meaningful and that to be a great value to my life. So doing hard things, doing with meaningful people, and podcasting. If I could do that every day, those three things, uh, I'd be a very happy man. I'd be the happiest if I also had a business. Yeah. And so the podcasting arguably is a business, but I like operating something diverse and diversifying outside of the podcast as well. And so I think for me, like the goal and the direction I'd like to head in my life is to continue to do hard things physically, to do them with great people, and to do business with myself but also great people, and then to Mm -hmm. do a podcast with great people. And so all four of of those things would be kind of where I want to head.
1: Yeah, it's cool to see uh, just being able to excel in so many different areas of life, especially uh, running ultra marathons. I don't Mm -hmm. know uh, how many people really do know you watching this, but um, you're able to do all ultra marathon which is insane to most people i there's a small percentage that are like yeah maybe i'll do that but it's <laughs> very small so what i i know you have podcasts on uh your process on that but yeah. if you could speak to that a little bit and what that was like getting into
2: so it's a funny story because you know he's pretty much a meme we've all heard of david goggins right yeah yeah so i uh, gonna carry the boats yeah so who's gonna carry the boats man <laughs> I always listened to him in high school and it was great. Honestly, he got me fired up in the morning. Oh yeah. But, um, I was like, man, I need to run an ultra marathon one day, but I was always so focused on basketball that I didn't want to get injured trying to cross train for that. Mm-hmm. And so after, uh, high school, I was like, all right, I'm going to run an ultra marathon one day, then do it freshman year, then do it sophomore year. I graduated in three years. So I guess my junior senior year, which was last year, mm-hmm. uh, I was talking to my cousin. He's about my age. He's a wildland firefighter. And, um, we awesome. always do crazy, fun, stupid things together. Yeah. And he, we were talking about what's your goal for this winter, right? Cause we always try and set goals because we got to have something we're working towards. And I was like, no, I'd really like to take a couple weeks and actually train for a marathon. I'd done one marathon prior and it was just like, I woke up and I was like, I'm gonna do a marathon today. <laughs> just out of the blue. It was As ugly. It was yeah. terrible. And I was like, I want to train for a marathon and do it well. And so He's like, okay, let's do a marathon this winter. And so we had like, I don't know, six weeks to train for that. And uh, we're looking for a marathon to do. And he texts me and he goes, you know, it'd be more fun than a marathon. I was like, what? He goes, what if we ran 50 miles instead? And I was like, oh, so you mean an ultra marathon? Yeah, let's just skip the marathon, man. And so we signed up for a 50 mile ultra marathon of Southern Illinois. And that was like six weeks out with zero training. That's and insane. I ended up getting sick. And so I only got to train. So you usually taper about two weeks before the race, meaning that you cut back on your training, you do very low mileage. And so Mm -hmm. you pretty much, that doesn't count towards your overall training. So if you had six weeks, you subtract two, you're down to four. I got six. So I had about two weeks total to train for the 50 miler. Two weeks of training does not really equate to anything. So I went in pretty well with zero training to the 50 mile ultra marathon. This was last, this was last November. So come up on a year now. And it's, we set out and in about 11 hours, we ran 50 miles and we finished it. And it was just the craziest thing ever. Insane, like what yeah. a paradigm shift because no training. It's like, how are we ever going to do this? There was so much doubt, but then we just kept going. We finished it and I was kind of hooked. And so signed up for one in January. Um, I took about a month and a half off after that to focus on weight training and just other areas, getting back to playing basketball and just mm-hmm. fun stuff. And I um, signed up for a hundred miler in Missouri And this one was super hilly. had 14,000 feet of elevation change. And uh, I ended up getting my tonsils out because I kept getting sick. And so through that process, man, I was out for about a month. I lost 20 pounds. I couldn't talk. I was spitting up blood like it was a mess, dude. And so I did not end up getting to train for that one either. And uh, I ended up not making it 100 miles. I only made it 63, but I I still enjoyed it. So I signed up for another one in July. I went 80 miles in July. And then uh, either November or January, I'm going to go back and try and get 100. All right, dude. We'll be cheering you on for that (laughs) for sure. That's awesome. Thanks. I appreciate it. So awesome,
1: man. Yeah. And a bit about the accountability with your cousin. I feel like that's such a crucial piece of it. (laughs) So crucial. what, What was the... I mean, is that what kept you going? Was it David Goggins, or was it the, <laughs> <laughs> was it the kind of <laughs> baby with, cousin?
2: No, it, it's the first race. <laughs> or was, was it was it any of that? It was definitely the first race. Definitely like ah, he's not backing down. I don't want to back down. Like yeah. we we're both dying inside, but no one's willing to say. <laughs> You're anything not gonna say it. that. I'm not tired. So tired? It, it is important to find someone who's like willing to do that type of stuff yeah. with you. John will do a lot of that with yeah. me as well. Yeah. Uh, him and I did a challenge the January before that, where. I did 2,000 pull-ups in six hours, and he did 2,000 push-ups. That was that's not the most David Goggins thing Thing I've heard. Literally, yeah, yeah. (laughs) just just, just follow David Goggins around, man. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, you got to find people to do that type of stupid, fun stuff with. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. That's and that's great that you've. I that's why I think you people see you as a lot very successful because you found you found a a group of guys to be accountability
2: have accountability with. Yeah. Excuse my grammar. No, but, you're um, good, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know about successful. I just do things I enjoy with good people. And it, if that means success to myself, then sure. But what's your definition of success? Right? Ooh, right. Yeah, so that's an important question, man. Ooh.
1: Yeah, look at thank you. I a, Yeah,
2: like <laughs> I said, dude, doing things with good people and feeling yeah. like I'm taking care of myself, and making progress in life. Yeah. I think that is success. And I think quantifying success is a very difficult and dangerous Ah, game. Yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah. That's what a lot
1: of people tell you to do though. Yeah. Especially like even just for me, like getting classes done, like how do I quantify like my effort for doing homework or something like that? And it's like, it's really tough, but in dangerous, I guess too. So I'll have to, I'll have to, yeah, Yeah, kind of straight re strategize maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know.
2: Deferring happiness to I'll be happy when, and if that win is a dollar number or if that is some Mm -hmm. milestone you achieve, it, it sounds stupid, but happiness is not a destination. It's a progress and an ongoing journey. And so, I mean, I find happiness in doing difficult things, which is stupid, but enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, that satisfaction that comes <laughs> after is just really, really
1: awesome. Yeah, I think I kind of fell into that trap when we played rugby. Um, we went to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We were expecting to make a run, and mm-hmm. we just got wiped out in yeah. the first round. Like, what well, was the score? It was.
0: We, we, we had a little bit of a comeback, but you yeah, know, it was like fifty to like
1: maybe twenty or something. How does rugby scoring work? Scoring works. It's like a touchdown is called a try. Okay, that's five points, okay. and then a conversion is two points, and you kick that um, directly behind where you touch the ball down. Okay, so it's you know, football copied us, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it's a uh, it's different, and you know, that was exciting to learn for sure. And yeah. you you ever interested in a? Learning a little bit more about that, you know, coming out to yeah, practice sometime. I don't know, man.
2: I gotta protect my body. Protect your <laughs> body. Hey, <laughs>
1: I, I will say this: I think it is safer than football. I would
0: definitely say that.
1: Yeah, it, it is safer like than football without the pads. That's, that's su- what
2: gets everyone. That's surprising though. There's no pads. Not wearing helmets. Like no. I've no heard arms, that no though. Thing. I've got buddies yeah. that played at uh, U of I and KU. That okay, rugby there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and just crazy watching them go out and do that but they say it's safer Mm -hmm. it's you can't hit hit the the head and shoulders shoulders yeah yeah yeah
0: and they go over like a lot of safety Mm. protocols and there's like you go over tackling and i think that with football because you have those pads when you're trying to tackle somebody like you're really trying to go after them and whatnot but with rugby it's kind of like because we don't have those pads, like it's more of a technique with the tackle generally speaking and and, then you know there's no false
1: sense of security. security there. Yeah, So you're With not yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is interesting though. But you know, I, I always tell people, no, dude, it, we 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 go out there. It's super safe. You know, we're tackling this stuff. But dude, I kind of hurt after the <laughs> week. Is I hurt pretty, a lot. I yeah. just don't tell of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I try to get about. But so I'm. You gotta get an I, ice bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hey, I think you know a little bit about ice baths from listening to your podcast. Love it, <laughs> yeah, love it. <laughs> I'm trying to. I need to get a. I need to get just a cow tank. Set it in my dorm yep. room. You know, that that, that <laughs> might be a questionable call. It might be a questionable call. But oh my gosh, ice bath. That's ice bath feels so good. Game changer for sure. After you get out of them, so good. Yeah. yeah well, um, I think we have to wrap up this episode soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. five minutes. Oh. We're, Good, we got so much time, but um, yeah. I guess what? How do we want to? How do we want to continue so with it, this interview? Huh? How do, I said, how do we want to continue with this interview?
0: I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> if people want to reach out or find out more information, yeah, about you, like where, like, can you give us like your handles oh, yeah, and sure. which, what, I'll plug yeah. everything. Yeah, plug everything. Yes. All right,
2: on LinkedIn, as you mentioned, LinkedIn. just Jacob O'Connor. Uh, Instagram is at the Jacob OC, T-H-E-J-A-C-O-B-O-C. Uh, podcast is Real Conversations. You can just find that, Spotify, Apple. Mm-hmm. It's on Instagram, Real Period Conversations. Mm-hmm. And then if you're interested in the entrepreneur stuff, any of the angel investing, the website is dot I O. And then my group is Accelerate Venture Partners.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that's really cool to learn about.
2: And I guess as we... Um exit this
1: interview is there any advice parting advice you'd like to leave our audience with you've already gave us Here's so
0: much so but <sighs> like if there was like one big you know. takeaway that you would be like i want one our guests to remember this yeah. advice what would it be
2: oh uh, it would just be just start like whether it's mm. you don't have to run an ultra marathon but it's whatever goal you set if you want to go run something lift a certain amount of weight start a podcast start a business like it's always just going to be a thought until you actually start doing it and so it's going to be ugly at first. You're not going to know what's going on, but you have to just get started. Yeah, Amen to that. Maybe Thanks for having me on, guys. Too. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate it yeah.
1: so much. It was an awesome interview, and maybe more in the future. We'll see. Yeah, see. just let me
2: know, man. This is great. Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, awesome. Cool. Yeah. If you want to hit your outro, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, we outro. just want to thank you once again for taking your time out to um, come out here yeah. and being on this podcast you are actually like a really big inspiration it's just been so cool to learn all these many it's different funny, facets of you and all the things that you that you do and it's been like such a great conversation and and everything and yeah we're just yeah we're just really static that you came out and static yeah that's the word of the day. Word of the day. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, thank you for coming out once again. Yeah, um,
2: I appreciate it, guys. I'm glad you guys got started doing this. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah are we are too. We are too.
0: So, don't forget to tune in to our next episode where we'll have another incredible guest. I don't know if it'll be, you know, quite to this level, but <laughs> hopefully, well, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, thank you, guys, for tuning in. Um, and don't forget to check out. Um, Us on social media at Turtleneck Table Talk on Instagram, on YouTube, and everything else. All of them, just all of them. But thanks for joining us.